filthy bitches. What's up? We're back. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about something that has been on our mind for a couple weeks now. And it's about adult peer pressure. So I am E with a K. And I'm E with a C. And here we are, bitches, <laughs> coming at you. Um, but yes, adult peer pressure. It's not really something that gets talked a lot about because I think for most of us, when we talk about peer pressure, we think about just high school peer pressure. Mm-hmm. But what we don't seem to really process is that peer pressure never really goes away. It just changes forms. Exactly. It kind of goes along the lines of um, the things that you're supposed to do because peer pressure in general is everyone's doing it. Everyone is... Um, has the same idea about what's cool and and what losers do that (laughs) make them ostracized so it kind of looks like well only losers go to community college which Mm -hmm. is obviously not true that's right or only losers are working this kind of job and Mm -hmm. losers like just get stuck in restaurant work all of this is like not fucking true yeah It's just something that we are pressured into believing. So what has peer pressure made you believe and do? A whole bunch of shit. All right. Um, (laughs) I mean, adult peer pressure specifically? Yes. Oh, I thought I had to immediately go to grad school after college. I thought that I had to get married or not necessarily married. I I thought I had to pick a partner to ultimately um, be my husband and start a family at 22, which is why, I mean, it was a lot of reasons why I thought it was a good idea to finish school and then um, be with my significant other that didn't work out. Right. What about you? So adult peer pressure kind of looked like this for me. So I thought I had to be in law school immediately after graduating and was pretty disappointed in myself when that didn't pan out. Instead, I did AmeriCorps for a year, but then I thought, okay, after my year in AmeriCorps, that's when I'll get back on track. And that's when I'll like strive to these heights of what I'm supposed to do because I checked the boxes already. I went to college. Mm -hmm. I did a year of service. I I'm trying to make all the, like, I moved out of my parents' house. I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to. Yes, I don't have a partner yet. And yes, I haven't, like, started this family at, like, like, I'm not on track to start this family by 25. But I'm doing everything else I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, for me, it's definitely checking off these boxes and climbing this, like, upward economic mobility through school and everything even though now, as I'm older, I'm like, oh, I never really wanted to go to law school. I would be a terrible attorney because I don't want to do it. That's why I'd be terrible at it because I don't want to fucking do it. Gotcha. Yeah, I think also when we're talking about like these expectations that were are just opposed on us before we're even adults. You know what I mean? It's it's like when you're in school and they're like, what do you want to do? And I've said this before to you, but I'm saying it for the first time for the filthies. A lot of stuff when we're young, we can't 
properly conceptualize. Um, especially with the whole school thing, you know how I feel about that, like getting right. loans. Like you obviously know that you're taking out money for school. You obviously can say like, okay, I need $10,000 a semester to attend school, blah, blah, blah. But 18 year old you, and you, if you can, great. But my, when I was 18, I couldn't conceptualize like, okay, I'm actively taking out $10,000 and I have to pay this money back. And if I don't like, you know, that's going to go to my future children. Like it just like the gravity of the consequences of each one of your choices, you know, you don't fully understand and you can't make a, you know, a well-informed decision. And then you feel this pressure because everyone else is doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's just what you do. I mean, how many, how much stuff when we were younger was like, well, everyone else, that's just what you do. Like, that's just the next step in life. Exactly. And it's damaging. It, and, you know, that's why when we're developing like this concept for our podcast of like, what the fuck like happened and why do we do these things? And at what point did we realize it was fucked up? It was because of adult peer pressure of just like, okay, my life looks the way that it looks because I was making decisions based on what I thought I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that is fucked up exactly and it's like you were saying there were certain things that as we're crossing the threshold into adulthood as we're like turning 18 we just simply can't conceptualize this stuff like mm -hmm. even growing up like lower middle class like i and this is gonna sound really dumb i knew like smaller amounts like a hundred dollars two hundred dollars like i knew that was a lot of money mm -hmm. but once you cross into like once you get over $5,000, like my teenage brain could not conceptualize mm -hmm. the gravity of taking out tens of thousands of loans mm -hmm. and that I would have to keep doing it. Like, right. And it's not until once I hit maybe 22, 23, when I started living on my own, it's like, oh, well now like all these loan payments are coming in and now they're asking for their money back. Mm -hmm. And this money that I'm like, forking over to essentially the government mm -hmm. is what I could use to like pay my rent or pay for food, like for basic survival things. Right. So it's because not only was I getting that peer pressure from seeing everyone else, like, well, everyone else like is going to college and everyone else like seems to have this plan of how their life is going to go. But it was this, overall pressure from my parents and like society as a whole of you need to go to college otherwise your life is going to turn into shit or what's that one guy one professor professor oh, that yeah, one teacher, teacher said that we'd be digging ditches if we don't get on the wave of like going to college and hiding out it's just it's such a archaic way of thinking about life the the world as it is now and even before we became um like how, however old we are now, it's way different. You know, it's going to continue to evolve and change. And so I think, you know, we're going to talk about peer pressure, but I think like for the next generation, especially my kids, I want to make sure that we like flesh out these ideas of what is expected of them and how to make this stuff happen and be successful. And for me, the most important thing is like finding some type of joy and happiness you know what I mean? So that to me is like very important um, and rising above this whole peer pressure stuff. So, right. 
Um, specifically with adult peer pressure, um, how has that like impacted your mental health? So, hmm, I'm trying to think of the straightest line to this other than when I look on social media and when I see people that I knew on social media, kind of checking off the boxes that I want to check off, it makes me feel like a failure because I think it looks simple enough. Why couldn't I do this? And the thing that I have to remember and all of us need to remember in particular, for the most part, social media is just a highlight reel. Yeah. So it doesn't really like paint the full picture Mm -hmm. of what's going on behind the scenes, but it it definitely like shows like, oh, well, these other people are checking the boxes I wanted to check. And I somehow need to check those boxes. That's why I kept going back and forth of like, oh, I should go to law school. Oh, I should go do like higher ed. And I still like find myself like, oh, maybe I should do higher ed because like everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And it seems to bring about better job opportunities. But I have to tell myself like I'm forging this like individual path where Frankly, I don't know where the hell it's going most of the time, but I know the happiness that I want for myself isn't going to be found in higher education. Yeah. And to touch on that part, you said um, watching other people, it makes you uncomfortable when you're trying to deviate from the path that they're on or not them specifically, but just the, the normal path. It just, it's a, it's a, level of I'm uncomfortable and I don't know why. And it's mm-hmm. because we're, we're conditioned to do these things. And if we don't do these things, then there's something wrong with us or we're not doing it right. Or we're going to fail. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very daunting. Like I just, I remember when I was looking at grad schools and I wasn't quite ready to do grad school. Like it just, I hated going to school. You know what I mean? I just didn't have a good experience. Like school gives me anxiety. Um, And like even thinking that I didn't want to do that and I wanted to go to work, like it just made me feel anxiety. I was like, what are my parents going to think? Um, Are they going to be proud of me? Or, you know, am I going to be successful in this? Like that feeling of just uncertainty from yourself and the external things around you is like suffocating for me in any way. That's what it does in my mental health. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm just kind of sitting here thinking like it all kind of boils back to you looking inward of into yourself mm-hmm. and just finding something intrinsically wrong with you, some kind of moral failing on your part mm-hmm. of not being able to kind of join the ranks right in being able to meet these standards Mm -hmm. that you feel from external pressures and that you feel like the external pressures like lead to more internal pressures yeah um especially with the the whole career aspect so even when i deviated and went to um you know my corporate job in sales and retail and things like that i felt like this intrinsic thing like okay I'm I'm doing quote unquote a lower skill level job because I have this education 
the people that I that are my peers don't have this education. So it was kind of like an ego thing. Like I have to outshine these people. Um, and if I didn't outshine them, then, you know, honestly, I didn't feel like I was any better or any, you know, I wasn't like making the best out of my path that I chose. That's away from what normal, what I thought normal people were doing, which mm-hmm. was like pursuing higher education. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. So being like in this adult peer pressure cooker, so to speak, feels like always having to prove your worth as someone who's kind of met these milestones, someone who's pursued higher education, someone who's earned a bachelor's degree, Mm -hmm. someone who now has thousands of dollars in loans Mm -hmm. for this bachelor's degree. Yeah. And kind of on the path to meeting every other milestone that's like set ahead of us. Mm -hmm. That's what being in this pressure cooker feels like. It's like always having to prove yourself to someone. I don't know who, but to someone, whoever's watching and even to yourself all the time. And I don't think it's a uniquely American problem, but I think it is kind of fueled by our capitalistic society. It's a Western idea for sure. I mean, even with, the whole conformity. I mean, just think about when we were younger and you had that sense of freedom and they would ask you like, what do you want to be? And like so many kids are like, I want to be like a pizza man and an astronaut. Mm -hmm. And that sense of like whimsy. Mm -hmm. And although like, obviously it doesn't make sense to be a pizza man and an astronaut, (laughs) but that freedom to be like, I can be anything Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what people think. And the path to get there is my own. Right. And to truly feel like things are attainable and that you can really reach your dreams. Mm-hmm. But quick segue. What did you want to be like when you were younger? Um, an actress. Um, I, at one point, wanted to be like an extreme skater. Cause wait, I, wait, what is that? Like, that sounds awesome. I know, right? Um, so this was back when I was like really into rollerblading. And Rocket Power came on. Oh. And I was, you know, they were like skating and doing like all these extreme, like cool shit. And I was like, I want to do that because I rollerblade and mm-hmm. I'm always like trying to do tricks and stuff. Like, Just having a fucking cool life. Yeah. I wanted to be like um, an extreme skater. And then the older I got, I thought I wanted to be like when I was in middle school, I thought I wanted to be a journalist because I like to write. Um, and I still secretly want to be an author one day. Um, and write like fantasy novels but I wanted to be a whole bunch of shit Mm. yeah what about you so when I was a kid first I started with wanting to be an astronaut Mm -hmm. and then my dad told me that you lose bone density when you get into space and that scared the hell out of me so why would you tell your kid that I I don't know but he told me that and I just never went back to that dream Mm -hmm. um but that's according to him. So who knows how true that is. It is true. You do lose bone density in space. No, no, no. I mean, like, that story of him telling me that oh, okay, is gotcha. from him. Okay, okay. Um, so then I decided I wanted to be an artist, but then I had trouble drawing hands. So then I, like, moved on. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the stopping point for my artist dreams. That's funny. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> So then I decided I wanted to be an actress. And 
that dream kind of held on through middle school, but was squashed by other forces beyond mm-hmm. my control. Yeah. Um, which I might get into in another episode, but not today. Yep. <laughs> then high school and kind of college, I wanted to be a lawyer slash judge because I wanted to um, start making actual changes in our legal system mm-hmm. and our judicial system. You're so studious and smart. <laughs> I don't. I never thought of any of that shit. I was like, how can I better the world? And here you are. We do this by law. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will control the world with law and judicial. Yeah. I mean, let's change the system for the better. Right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, that whimsy of just feeling like you can and like knowing that there's a path of an opportunity there and just saying that that's what I want to be. And then I guess what holds us back is like executing Mm -hmm. Um, for me in particular um, when I wanted to be an actor specifically, I wanted my mom to get me an agent and I'm kind of thankful she didn't because maybe I would have been one of those child stars that's like, you know, drugged out somewhere and having existential crisis. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I wanted my mom to get me an agent. And then I think what turned me off to that was, um, I thought tabloids were really mean to act to famous people and they still are. They are. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was just like, I don't want to like be mean or I don't want people to be mean to me. And then that's, I think that's also what killed the whole, whole journalism thing was mainstream culture and, and reporting on like bullshit. Right. So, yeah what about you (laughs) i for me like when these dreams start getting killed is when other people actively kill them yeah like actively have an assassination hit on your dreams Mm -hmm. so when i too wanted to be an actress my mom how do i politely put this I mean, it's unpacked filth. It is unpacked filth. Basically, I'm going to still put it politely. She said I didn't have the body type, really, for an actress. Yeah. But look at media now. I know. All the representation. And I could have been on the cutting edge. (laughs) I still believe that you can. It's not too late. It's not. But anyway, also setting aside the fact that nobody was looking for talent in South Carolina and that we like didn't have extra money to diverse divert to that particular interest of mine. Mm-hmm. So that's how that dream got like murdered in cold blood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like with law school and everything, it just kind of sl- died a very slow death of me feeling like I should go back to school, but then not wanting to go back to school. Then, Oh, maybe I should go back to school while I'm still young, but Oh, wait, I don't want to get into more debt. That part about youth. (laughs) Can we talk about the youth? Yes. Listen to me. There is this whole, especially for women. Oh, for women. Mm. We feel that we have this like ticking clock for everything, particularly surrounding like child rearing, but like with when we get married, when we go to college, how fast we go to college, what, um, you know, how long it takes us to do every single thing and everything is tied into our age. And, you know, me being an older 
um, person now, I'm almost 30. The, the struggle to go back to school was just like, ah, I'm too old, but who fucking says that they're too old. Your mom went back to school when she was older after she had you guys. Right. Um, and I guess like when you have kids and you're like trying to better yourself, that's like a better narrative, you know? And I'm just, that's like in my head, not yeah. for your mom. But. No, but I mean, like it does feed into our need for like an underdog narrative and like yeah. painting like older women for the most part, can't really better themselves without having like this whole, like, kind of victor trope to it like yeah. she did it and she like was raising two kids and yeah. juggling a job like there has to be a whole set of obstacles for us to even celebrate like older women just going back to do to go back to school or mm-hmm. to like break into a new new career just because they fucking want to yeah and that was the thing for me of i obviously as you know because we've been portraying ourselves as like you know slores <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast but like seriously the the age thing and making yourself like internally being like oh I can't do that because like I'll be you know in five years I'll be 34 and you know who wants to you know have I don't know like what is that I can't even rationalize it in my head like at 34 if I wanted to like pursue like a doctorate degree mm-hmm. or ha- or get a doctorate degree you know what I'm saying I'd be like oh it, it's for whatever reason not impossible like I don't know yeah. what is that I think it it's definitely like you said an obsession with youth particularly for women mm-hmm. like I was thinking as we were talking like men don't really have to worry about expiration dates Absolutely. I was talking to my brother and he was like, I really want kids, whatever, not to put his business out there. Um, and I was just thinking like, oh, that must be amazing how like if a, if a guy wanted to have his first kid at 40, he'd be old. And like conceptually, like he, you know, he would want to live long enough to see his kid grow up. That's the thing. Like that's the idea in their head. But for women, it's just like, can I have a kid at 40? Like, if I, you know, have the means, sure, but will my body allow me to? Right. Um, what are the the issues with like the birth defect or whatever? But all that stuff, like to put into your mind that you can't. Of course you can. If you're, mm. I mean, as long as you're still <laughs> producing over or you know, eggs, yeah, you can go for your first kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like we do that to women and we stifle ourselves. And I do this to myself all the time. I'm just like oh, well, if I decide to do this thing, it's going to take me this amount of years and then I'll be old. Mm -hmm. This whole old thing. Yeah. Ah. And like we hold, and I think of this like in terms of pop culture, but like there is always a new star and there's always a new woman for the American collective to just gasp and fawn over mm-hmm. and once they become like too old too fat too whatever like that same collective enjoys tearing them down and we s- can see like the ripples of it with while we're talking about adult peer pressure like we love to see youth thrive we love to see these students thrive we love to see like people in their early 20s like clawing their way up the career ladder mm-hmm. but if a person like doesn't make it or decides to defer it like you almost feel like a sneer 
mm. from your peers. Like, oh, you waited until like you were that old. Like, well, I did it when I was like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, particularly when it comes to like having kids, like there's like a quiet disdain for waiting. Oh my gosh. And this is why I had to get out of the South. Like we had planned to move up here, but when I was in retail, it bothered me every single like mother's day or whatever. And some fucking dickhead was always like, Oh, you don't have any kids or well, happy mother's day. Anyway. I'm like, I'm not a fucking mother. And also when they would be like, Oh, you don't have any kids. You don't want kids. And I'd be like, I want kids, but I've fucking got to have a partner first or a husband or at least a fucking boyfriend. Like, you know, yeah, I don't know. Or like, maybe I don't want kids. It's not your business, but I, we're not beholden to these timelines. We're only like held up against them because the society that we live in, this like capitalism conforming society that we live in mm-hmm. is saying that we need to meet these specific um, guidelines and you see it everywhere like I'm thinking now like you see it in education you see it in mm-hmm. our language you see it like mm-hmm. fucking everywhere that we have to like meet these specific set of goals mm-hmm. but for what yeah it's so unnatural it's unnatural to like to say that you can't do something because other people tell you that you can't we think it's natural Mm -hmm. we internalize it we grow up with it it's Mm -hmm. in our culture it's and then we set it on ourselves we put it on ourselves and you know us perpetuating it even us at at points in our lives we have perpetuated this idea of um pressuring people to do things a certain way um and I don't know if anyone is going to like have some self-reflection after this podcast, (laughs) but we have to actively stop doing that. Right. So let's take a break really quick. Okay. Get an add in from our sponsors. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Filthy bitches. Nasty naughties. We're back. We are back. Um, With all we talked about. Yes. What are we going to do with knowing that we're in the society and, you know, we're basically going against what we know now that we're aware of it. So I think now I think we're in a kind of unique position mm-hmm. because obviously we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, now obviously who knows when y'all are going to be listening to this, but Mm-hmm. As of right now, we're still in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of us where we no longer are beholden to really any time. Like, time really means nothing right now. Like, what's today? I don't know. You know, as the one that's unemployed during this pandemic. And I'm telling you guys, like, I've fucking worked my ass off for the last 10 years. And this um this time where you can literally wake up in the morning and do anything um and specifically like i know i don't have any responsibilities as i say i have my dog i have myself i have my roommates i'm in a very unique position that not everybody you know is in but i will say under that lens um 
I want other people to really step back and think about the things that will make them happy and fulfilled because in this pandemic, I've had time to do that. And what was I saying on our last live? I've stepped into things that, you know, I started rollerblading again, which was like my childhood thing. Mm -hmm. And it makes me happy. And thinking about stuff in terms of my career and my education and executing those things on my own terms is very fulfilling as well. When you are intrinsically like I'm doing this because this is what I truly want. I think it's transformative for me. What about you? So kind of in that same vein, um, I all, like being in this time of pandemic and I'm still employed real estate is unfortunately an essential service. So I now work from home, but it still gives me time to kind of step back and figure out what I think I might enjoy doing for a career, Mm -hmm. what I'm good at skill wise and what hobbies I want to cultivate that might translate into a career or something I might just be really good at and display. So I, I pole dance and I dance as a hobby. And with this time and with me stepping back and kind of exploring that thing, I'm getting a lot better. Yes, you're doing amazing. I'm getting a lot better and I'm starting to enter into competitions for it. Yes, you are. And I think if I continued in the vein of like adult peer pressure and I have to do this, I want to like save this amount of money, X, Y, Z. I don't think I would have bothered to think I was good enough to compete or tried to train to compete. Yeah. And I mean, it's the thing we kept talking about capitalism. A lot of the stuff that we are pressured to do revolves around money how we will earn it, how we will spend it. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can't appreciate joys like dancing and skating and things because it's not money centric. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not a hobby that you're going to turn into. I mean, if you don't want to, it's not a hobby that you're going to turn into something that will uh, give you income. Right. And I think that's a very, like we're very lucky to have that silver lining right now in this pandemic is mm-hmm. not having to think about our hobbies as something to capitalize on. Because I think in before pandemic, it would be like, all right, well, I enjoy dancing. I enjoy skating. How do I turn this into another stream of income? Yeah. Or, it, you know, on how you're going to pay for it. <laughs> and right. you know what I mean? And it was just like, well, is it was one of those things that I want to do this. Can I find time to do it? How does that, how does that translate into my work schedule? Um, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So more so not necessarily buying things for it or things of that nature, but just how's that going to impact my role in society, which mm-hmm. in turn is, in capitalism right exactly (laughs) so kind of stepping away from this adult peer pressure Mm -hmm. and seeing the lens of ourselves it's very it's like very interesting i can't think of another word but interesting to see like what truly brings us joy and what we're going to carve into our own personal success because like i keep mentioning like growing up 
lower middle class, like money is very central. Mm -hmm. So everything that I did had to be capitalized in order to gain greater stability and greater security. Now in this time of pandemic and having like my hours cut and like my income cut, I'm still like finding myself stepping outside of this capitalistic society, stepping outside like what I should be doing and really questioning what I want my life to look like. Mm -hmm. And it's not always going to conform to like what society wants it to look like. Yeah. And it definitely doesn't involve any more school. (laughs) And, you know, since we have gone off the beaten path and like not subscribing to timelines, you know, the reason why I'm still single (laughs) is that I in particular am not trying to have a partner to like check this box for, for. you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to select someone that I am one obviously compatible with who fits into my life and that I fit into their life. And you know, if there's something that I don't like or jive with, I'm not going to go with it because like, if I don't pick this one, like who knows when the next one is going to come. That's mm-hmm. how I used to think as a, as a young adult. But now that I'm older and I'm like, well, I'm not married yet. I mean, I guess I can, I can be more picky mm-hmm. and because I'm happy. Like my mom always says like, you can do terribly all by yourself. You can do bad all by yourself. And you know, I'm by myself. And if I'm doing bad, quote unquote, then I'm comfortable in that. (laughs) And if someone is going to come in and make it worse for me, then I don't want that. I want to, I want to make it what I want. So I think for adult peer pressure, it just made me think like, we're always thinking of ourselves in terms of production Mm -hmm. and what we can produce. And now that we're stepping outside ourselves, going off this um, beaten path, I think that's also a very affirming way of saying we deserve better. We deserve to see ourselves more than a vessel of production. Yep. We're not wombs. We are not. We're not checkbooks. We're not ATMs. We're not fucking, you know, objects. You know, it's really funny. We, uh, we talk about objectification with women and how that like, parallels to sex but like you can objectify yourself in terms of like um a machine Mm -hmm. yeah we're not automatons yeah i mean that would be cool because you know i'm a nerd but (laughs) (laughs) i mean it it's really interesting and so i would challenge you guys filthies to take a step back on the decisions that you're making even if you made some decisions that you might not have made with your current mindset, but you're already in those, um, what do you call it? Um, consequences, Mm, you know, if you're already experiencing those, just take a step back and like, say, okay, what can I do today? Um, moving forward to live more so in my truth and not do stuff because people are expecting me to do that. Um, it's a very powerful feeling for me, just speaking for me. Right. Um, and if you're like me, all historical context and everything is it would be like looking back and saying, well, what made me happy? What doesn't make me happy? What's added stress to my life Mm -hmm. and how can I remove it? And looking back, I would not be here in my current career if I did not put so much pressure on myself to like 
be in law school and consequently be in the legal field. And who knows how that could have turned out. Yeah. I just know, like, I am removing the stress of feeling like I have to get higher education unless I actually want to get higher education. Yeah. Which I do. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, for me, I think it, it makes more sense. Um, but I had to come to that conclusion and find my own reasons. You know what I mean? Right. And it wasn't like, I got to do this next. Yeah, life isn't a video game where you just meet, like, go in stage after stage and you, like, complete the goals and get the princess mm-hmm. and be a plumber. I'm just thinking about Super Mario, I guess. I suppose you are. I was like, <laughs> a plumber? <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah, Filthies, as always, we would love to continue this conversation on our social medias. Um, anything else you want to say? I don't have anything to add. I actually feel a lot more rejuvenated after this. I feel a lot more content with my path after this, Mm -hmm. which is really kind of mind blowing to say in times of pandemic where everything else is uncertain. I am the least stressed that I've been in the last like eight years. Fucking mind blowing. I'm chilled the fuck out, but also fulfilled and happy. And I feel like I want other people to experience that. So guys, reach out to us at unpackedfilth at gmail.com for any um, questions, um, anecdotes, love, hate, anything. Honestly, I'd love to be engaged on this particular conversation and see, A, what types of adult peer pressure y'all have been facing. Maybe we missed something. Absolutely. And B, what steps are you taking to fulfill your own path? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your unlearning patterns. So mm. um, let us know. Um, I am nice and airy21 on Instagram. And I'm mendacity and tricks. We're tagged in the Instagram bio, so you don't have to worry about spelling my Instagram name. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> All right, but we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.